You're listening to The Kelly Contreras Show. Thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate your time. And uh, it is uh, it's one of those things that we learn uh, when we're quite young. It's one of the first chores our parents teach us to do on our own. It's called making the bed. Now, I'm one of those people. My husband and I come from different uh, vantage points on this. He does not like to make the bed, and it's not because he's lazy. He thinks you should keep your sheets on, like open, kind of folded over, to air out the bed in the morning. I'm like, we're just sleep. What, what what are you doing? I like the bed made because I want to crawl into a nicely uh, made bed with beautiful crisp sheets. Uh, we're coming from different vantage points. But he might be right because if you're making your bed in the morning, according to some germ experts, you should stop. And it happens to be because of dust mites. Here to talk about it, uh, someone much more knowledgeable in this uh, area than I am, Jason Tetro. He's the germ guy, author of The Germ Code. Jason, thanks for being here. Hey, glad to join you. This this thing has been going viral on social media recently, this mm-hmm. um, expert, a germ expert, saying you might want to stop making your bed in the morning because of dust mites. Can you speak to uh, why he's theorizing this is a uh, a good thing to do, not making your bed, and how you sit on this? Yeah, so there's two issues when it comes to dust mites that you have to think about. The first one is relative humidity. And so if the humidity is below 40%, then what happens is dust mites don't tend to grow and they don't reproduce, et cetera, et cetera. So one pe- some people will say, well, you really shouldn't keep the sheets on there because all the humidity from how you were sleeping in it's going to stay in there and the dust mites are going to grow and it's going to be all sorts of bad. Eh, it's not really the case, <laughs> just because the, the humidity is going to be what the room humidity is. So if you open up the sheets, it's going to give you the exact same as if you close up the sheets. The oh, really? Thing, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, because at, think about it, the, there's always going to be flow. So unless you've hermetically sealed <laughs> your sheets, which I'm hoping you're not doing, um, yeah. it's, you're not going to be having any kind of problem. Now, the other thing that people are going to say, and I love it when people do this, is, oh, you should leave your sheets in the sunlight because it's going to kill the dust mites, right? Like, have you heard mm. that? Yeah. No, but um, I have heard that sunlight, sunlight is a natural deodorizer. Well, it is. And disinfector. Yeah, as long as there's no window. <laughs> it, it has to be direct. Oh, okay. so if, you put, if you put your laundry on the line outside to dry, yes, it's going to be a natural deodorizer. That's awesome. But if you have it on the inside with a window in between, it's not going to do that. Okay, good to know. So that's mood as well. But, exactly. these, but we, we can't get rid of our dust mites, correct? Like they're always going to be with us. It's sort of like we've got this symbiotic relationship with them. Yeah, I mean, dust mites are just part of the natural um, environment or, if you wish, you know, biome of your, of your house, of your bed, of, and all of these things. However, it is true that they can grow and that they can develop allergens that can essentially lead to problems. That's one of the reasons why we suggest making sure that you wash your uh, sheets in very, very hot water. Um, and, and this is something that actually uh, a lot of people will talk about when I was talking about the sunlight. They're like, well, the sunlight heats up the bed so that it kills the dust mites. Well, yeah, yeah as long as it's in a desert in Australia, it will do that because that's where that study was done. If not, then it's not going to get to 55 degrees Celsius and the dust mites are just going to be like, woo, this is awesome and actually reproduce more. So, oh, really? 
Oh, yeah, uh, because they actually prefer to reproduce at anywhere from around 27 to 29 degrees Celsius. So that warm sunlight that's coming through your window is going to encourage them as mm. opposed to kill them. Um, it has to be at 55 degrees. So when you're washing your, wa uh, your sheets, make sure that your water is at least at 55 degrees or higher, which means you do it on the hot water cycle. I know a lot of people like to put their sheets on the line. Would you recommend then we throw them into the dryer and hot as well? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've honestly, I love hanging out my laundry, but when it comes to my sheets uh, and also my towels, I do it in the dryer. Okay, what about uh, mattress protectors? How often, because, you know, I'm one of those people mm -hmm. that, like, I'm not hospital corners, but I am pretty neat and tidy. And, I mean, I wash my sheets definitely once a week. I think it's like a simple pleasure. I love slipping into a bed with nice, oh, yeah. clean sheets. But should you be washing the mattress topper or cover every week as well? No. Um, okay, the, the mattress... Yeah, no, no. I mean, this is something that you'll probably want to do every season, right? Um, because essentially the mattress protector isn't coming into direct, too direct contact with your skin. And as a result of that, you're not putting down all the different types of microbes in that. And remember, every single day, every single hour, we're releasing millions of bacteria out into the environment. Um, but the thing is, is that the mattress protector has that layer in between it. So if you, you know, you're really sweating a lot or something like in the mm. middle of summer, then you might do it a bit more often, but usually once every three months is fine. All right. Good to know. Now let's turn our attention to today. It's quitting day. 80% of people have given up their New Year's resolution by today. <laughs> if you're yeah. one of the 20% and you've kept it and one of the New Year's resolutions that you made, uh, I say one because I like the bundle because I know I'm going to uh, fail on at least one of them, um, is going <laughs> to the gym. Uh, you were part of this study, or at least you commented on this study done by the CBC. They swabbed Good Life, Planet mm -hmm. Fitness, and Anytime Fitness locations to find the germiest piece of equipment. Can you run down uh, the germiest pieces of equipment in order and how we can deal with that? Yeah. So essentially, the things that you're touching a lot are going to be the ones that end up having the highest number of germs. And so in this particular case, something like an elliptical um, is not going to have that many germs. And it was sort of the last on our list. And then it just kind of went up from there. So now when you go from the elliptical, you're going to have your dumbbells, that's the next one up. And then you have your barbells, which is the next one up, because, of course, you've got all that grip. And it's really difficult to wipe those down. But the top two were the ones that really got a lot of people weirded out. Um, you know those yoga balls? Like those balls yeah. that you sit on and that? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was our number two because it had a high, high number of microbes on it. And then, of course, the number one was actually the mat itself. And Yoga I have mat. to tell you, the mat being the germiest is something that means a lot to me because when I was a child, I was a wrestler, and I'm also a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And in both cases, there have been outbreaks of MRSA associated with mats. So <laughs> when you hear that the mat is the number one risk when it comes to microbes, it's not just because of the data, it's also because I've experienced it. You know, there are people in their cars right now at home behind their work desks thinking, what is MRSA and, and should I know about this oh. thing? What is it? <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. That's methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. So basically, if you get a skin infection and you can't use an antibiotic to get rid of it, most likely it's called MRSA or methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. Apologies, microbiologist. It's just part of our normal lingo. Wow. Okay. And so how do you... 
if you can't, if antibiotics are going to, aren't going to treat it, how do you get rid of it? Well, you do it the old-fashioned way. You either use um, harsher chemicals, uh, and we do have those now in healthcare to be able to help, um, and you also end up using basically, um, if it gets really, really bad, you have to use some kind of surgical technique. Now, granted, wow. we're not at that point most of the time because there yeah. are other types of antibiotics that can work. But if you get something like a pan-resistant or pan-drug-resistant bacterial infection, like what we call an Acinetobacter baumani, then yeah, you have to go back to the dark ages. Do you have to learn how to te uh, speak a second language in order to become uh, a microbiologist or, or microbe expert? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that they teach you. Like as soon as you start, they're going, you're going to see a lot of Latin, and right now you're not going to be able to pronounce it, but then you eventually will. And before wow. you know it, you know, you're talking about acromantiae and staphylococcus and bacillus you and all do. these things. Yeah. Must be fun at a dinner party. Uh, very quickly, what is your best defense when you go to the gym in order to avoid, you know, picking anything up if there's germs around, microbes around? You can't can't avoid it. They're going to be out there. But what should yeah, you do? Absolutely. So two things. One, keep your hand sanitizer close because that alcohol hand sanitizer, 15 seconds on your hands is going to be perfect. And the other thing is... If you are going to be using the disinfectant that they offer you, whether it be the wipe or the, the uh, spray, read the label mm -hmm. so that you know how many seconds you have to leave it on there before you wipe so that you make sure that it's clean. And do it before you use it because otherwise, you know, all you're doing is contaminating yourself. Great. Thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate your time. Hey, no problem. Take care. Cheers. Jason Tetros, the germ guy, author of The Germ Code. You're listening to The Kelly Cutrera Show.